Please join me for the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is why I came that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Love to have some time with the children who are here this morning. If you are here in the sanctuary, you can join us. Uh, these are closed for the communion service, but you can walk around this way and come up here. And if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens and we'll share a moment together just for you. Good morning, Maggie. Glad to see you. You're sparkly this morning. Fun. Oh, good. Fun, fun. Come on up, everybody. I'm so glad to see all of you. So glad you came to church this morning. I want to talk for just a minute with you about prayer. We are people who pray, right? We pray at different times and in different ways. Some of you may say a prayer of grace or thanks when we sit down to a meal together. You may say a prayer before you go to bed at night, maybe by yourself or with other people in your home. There are all different kinds of ways to pray. And prayer is just spending time with God in all sorts of different ways. Sometimes we talk to God and maybe tell God something that's bothering us or something that we're happy about. Sometimes we can just sit quietly and feel God's love, and that's important too. We just heard a story about Jesus, and he had had a really busy day. He'd been healing people, and there were all these crowds around him. And he got up really early the next morning, and he went away by himself, and he prayed. And that reminds me how important it is for all of us to make sure we take time to pray. And so I want to invite you sometime when the weather's really nice like it was yesterday, maybe to go out in the backyard if you have a yard and put a blanket down and lie down and look at the sky. And just think about how much God loves you and tell God you love God too. 
Or maybe you can go someplace quiet in your house and just put your hand over your heart and imagine the light and love of God in your heart and say, I love you, God. Thank you for loving me. Why don't we do that right now? Let's close our eyes, put our hands over our hearts. I'm inviting the grown-ups to do this too. Take a deep breath and let us say, I love you, God. I love you, God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Friends, three, four, and five-year-olds can go to Children's Church with Pastor Will and Pastor Maggie. And the rest of you can go back and sit with family or friends. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine told me about a funny cartoon he had seen somewhere. It was a one-frame cartoon, and it had two clergymen somewhere from, they were dressed like they were from the 18th century, sort of looking John Wesley-esque, you know. And one of the clergymen said, I work seven days a week because, you know, they say the devil never sleeps. To which the other clergyman said, I think you need a different role model. <laughs> it's a funny joke. It would be funnier if it weren't so true. I think we all know that current that's out there in our culture. It was personified as the devil in the cartoon, perhaps, but that, that voice within us, that, that attitude in our culture that you can never stop working that you always have to be producing. It's all about what we do that makes us worthy. That we always have to be available. That we have to be doing everything we can to meet all the needs in the world all the time, or else we feel guilty, or people will think we're lazy. Am I the only one who feels this way? Who feels that pressure in life? Just think about it. We have these devices. I don't have mine with me. I leave it in my office during worship. But, but think how, how crazy this must seem to people from 100 years ago. We all have this little device, and each one of us has our own individual number. And all anyone has to do at any time is, is dial that number, and it makes us go zzz. <laughs> or maybe it's on our wrist, and our wrist goes zzz. And there's somebody trying to get our attention. Or we open up our computers when we get to work and there are 120 emails. Just all of these needs, questions, asks, responsibilities, things before us all the time. And it is so hard for me, and I imagine it's hard for most of us, if not all of us, to turn the phone off, to not look at our emails, to make ourselves unavailable from time to time. We do need a different role model. And thanks be to God, we have a different role model. We see Jesus in our text this morning, withdrawing from the crowds, going away by himself, not leaving a note, not texting anybody, not telling anybody where he's going, and making himself unavailable to the needs in Capernaum in order to make himself more available to God in prayer. Now hear me say this, 
there's not an opposition between what we do in our day-to-day lives and being with God. God is with us in all things, and we can say breath prayers all day long while we're changing diapers or responding to emails or doing surgery or whatever it is that, that we do during the day. But Jesus sets an example in this story of, of pulling away from doing in order simply to pray and to listen and commune with God. This is toward the end of the first chapter of Mark. And if you've been reading along in this first chapter, you know that Jesus has been very busy. When the book of Mark opens, he is baptized. He goes into the wilderness. He comes out and chooses his first disciples. Then he goes and preaches in the synagogue in Capernaum. And he casts out a demon. And he goes to Peter's house. And he heals her mother. And then all the whole, Mark says, the whole city comes and gathers at that house. And he spends hours healing the sick and casting out unclean spirits and teaching and outpouring and, and doing. Then he pulls away. And so one of the things I want us to see in this moment is that we have permission. In fact, we have an invitation, even perhaps a necessity as followers of Jesus to make ourselves unavailable sometimes, to recognize that we need to go to a lonely place and commune with God. Because one of the things I think that happened in that time with Jesus when he was alone, I don't know, Mark doesn't really tell us, but I think he reconnected with that voice that spoke at his baptism. We talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. I think he got away from the crowd so that he could hear even more clearly that voice saying, you are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. And remember, that voice spoke before Jesus started his ministry, before he did anything or produced anything or healed anybody. It was just love for Jesus. And those times away when we withdraw from all the to-do lists and all the responsibilities can give us that opportunity to be loved, to rest in that unconditional love of God that is unique for each and every one of us and is within each and every one of us. It's easy to forget that in the scurry and the hurry of all the doing. But there's something else that happened in that time when Jesus was away. I don't know how it happened, but we can see the result of his prayer time. When Peter and some of the others go hunting for him and they find him and they say, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. Do you ever feel that way? Everyone is looking for you. Someone needs a peanut butter sandwich. I got to make this email to the whatever. Everyone needs me. I got so much to do. Everyone's looking for you, Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus could have gone back to Capernaum. In fact, he could have set up shop in Capernaum, hung out his shingle, and just waited for whoever came, needing healing, needing guidance, needing things. But that's not what he did. He knew there were needs still in Capernaum. It said all of the city came to the house and he healed many of them, but he didn't heal all of them. But he says to his disciples, no, we need to move on. 
We need to go to the next town and then the next town and the next town to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God has come near, for that is what I came to do. When he pulled away, he was able to get clarity. He was able to discern or rediscern his purpose. He was able to figure out in his prayers with God what he was called to say no to in order to say yes to the right things, to the things that God was calling him to do. This is such a powerful example. It has really hit me in the gut this week as I have lived with this text. Because I can just spend my life responding to whatever comes in front of me. And it's all good things, all good things. But how often do I take the time away to really discern what is mine to do? What is God calling me to do specifically? And so I am challenged by this text to put more of those times into practice. And this gives me an opportunity to share some exciting news with you. I'm so grateful to the United Methodist Church and to our staff parish committee for granting me three months of renewal leave this fall. Reverend Stacy Harwell Dye will be taking one in the summer. This is a pattern of life that our denomination has put into place for us clergy. And not every church is supportive of that, but I'm so grateful that West End is a church that helps recognize the importance of withdrawing sometimes in order to pray and to discern. And that's what I hope and plan to do in that time to discern where God is calling me to make the best use of my time as your senior pastor, and to help discern where God is leading us as a congregation. Because here's the other thing. I think that we as a congregation are being invited by this text into a season of discernment. We've been through a lot over the past few years, Good things and hard things. We've been through a pandemic. We've been through four stories of a flood. We've been through a lot of staff change. We have celebrated our 150th anniversary. And I I have this sense that God is, is up to something among us, that God is moving us towards something, maybe something big, something we could never imagine on our own. We had a presentation at our leadership meeting last Saturday from a ministry that's out of the North Carolina conference, but they work with lots of churches and other annual conferences, to come alongside a congregation and help us look at what our building use and our property and the needs of the community and how, how we might do something big in our community. And this may not be the thing that God is calling us to do. I don't know, but we won't know unless we spend time in prayer and discernment. And we best not go jump out in action if we haven't spent time in prayer and discernment. So I want to invite you to join me in committing to a season of prayer, really praying for our congregation and our mission in this city. Over the next few months or whatever God's timing is, that the way will be made clear for all of us. And I want to invite you, as this text invites me, to take time for your soul, to receive this permission to withdraw and be unavailable from time to time, to let yourself be loved by God 
and to take time to discern God's will for your doing in the world. When Jesus' disciples came, he got up and he went with them and he moved on, but he was ready and he was filled because he had had that time away. May even this time, this time of worship, this time at the table, be a time of renewal for you that as you receive the bread and the cup this morning, you receive the life and love of Christ within you so that we can go forth and be Christ's people in the world today and tomorrow and every day. Thanks be to God.